to the brightest audience in the country. Today on Bob Enyart Live, we are going back to the late, great Bob Enyart's debate with the famed apologist and Christian talk show host, Greg Kokel, talking about moral relativism and should we support the lesser of two evils? And of course, the lesser of two evils is still an evil, and no, we should not support it. But that is what the debate is about. I hope you guys enjoy it. Now let's jump straight into the broadcast. We've got a great show today. As promised, we have two heavy hitters coming from each side of the spectrum. The issue that is splitting the Republican, the conservative voters right down the middle. What is that issue? The issue of life, the issue of is it ever okay, is it ever appropriate, is it ever the right move for a Christian to vote for a pro-abortion candidate? What if it comes down to pro-abortion guy wins the primary, like Giuliani? I mean, this is no secret. And he's up against the Clinton-Obama ticket on the Democrat side. Do Christians who are pro-life vote for the lesser of two evils? We had Greg Kokel on to talk about this a few weeks ago. We had Bob Inyart on to talk about this at about the same time. Well, we've got them both on today, folks, right here on Truth Talk Live. What do you do about this issue of abortion, this issue of the candidate for president? Would you vote for someone, if you're a Christian, who is pro-abortion? Greg Kokel says yes. Bob Inyart says no. They're both on the line right now, and we're going to give more information. It's, it's not quite that cut and dry. Greg, are you there? Yeah, sure. Hey, yeah, great, nice to, to. great to have you back on Truth Talk Thank Live. Thank you. And Thank hello, you Greg. Back. Say hi, Bob. Bob Enyart. Hello, Greg Kokel. This is Bob Enyart. Hey, Bob. I don't think we've ever met before, have we? We haven't. I listened to your show for a year in Denver and grew to love you years ago. Well, thank you, Bob. But, uh, I... We do strongly disagree right now. Okay. Well, let's let's see how much we do disagree on Stu's comment a few moments ago. Was as he qualified it. That was probably an overstatement. But it, uh, my my position is qualified. And we'll have a chance to qualify it together as we talk. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And and, and you know what? Disagreeing. Is one thing, but we're not going to be disagreeable. We're going to have a good time talking. You, you two, both you guys are, uh, I'm way outclassed in the IQ department here, but I'm, I get to kind of st- stand and, and watch and listen with all the great listeners of Truth Talk Live who can also call in at 866-34-TRUTH. But hold your powder. Let's get, let these guys get going a little bit first. So, Stu, a good way to lay this out is to ask Greg, what if Rudy Giuliani is the Republican nominee? Should Christians support someone like Rudy Giuliani? Okay. Okay, uh, Greg, you, yeah, are you okay? Answer. Are you okay with that to start the ground rules? Yeah, that's okay. fine. Sure, okay. I don't mind answer, answering okay, that. Uh, stipulating that you have two candidates uh, that are in the running, a uh, Republican and a Democrat. Uh, the Republican is Rudy Giuliani. I presume in this scenario, it's most likely that the de- Democrat is going to be uh, either Mrs. Clinton or someone worse with regards to our concerns. 
um, then the the outcome is going to be one of those two people. The fact of the matter is, if you have a third-party candidate, it's going to split the ticket, and the other party is going to go. So given those are my two choices, um, it is always the morally sound thing to do to choose the lesser of the two evils, if you want to put it in, those t- in that way, or possibly the greater of two goods, rather than do nothing and late, let the greater evil or the lesser good prevail. And so that's the kind of ethical thinking that informs my, uh, that informs okay. my position on this issue. And thank okay, you. Bobby Yar, please respond. Yeah, Greg, thank you for being so clear. What that is is called situational ethics, moral relativism. Christians should not support mass murderers. I know that today in the age of national right to life and J. Seculo, Christians are confused, but we have a standard that comes from God, and part of that tells us that Christians should not support mass murderers. We have the entire theme of most of the Old Testament from Exodus through the prophets, Joshua and Judges, where God's people would not trust him, they wouldn't obey him, and out of fear, they sided, they made alliances with the godless, with murderers and adulterers, and God left them to their own destruction. He abandoned them. What is way worse than getting Hillary as president is for Christian leaders to make alliances with mass murderers. Okay, Greg Coco. Now, what about Bob? He, he's 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 sticking by this this principle. Uh, what? How do you respond to Bob and, and those in the camp that would say, "Hey, even Dobson's alluded to maybe splitting the party yeah. when it comes to this"? How would well, you respond? Well, let me let me respond first to the analysis. Situational ethics is actually an objectivist system by jo- an absolutist system advanced by Joseph Fletcher. So that's a misapplication of the concept of situational ethics. It's also not moral. Relativism. I wrote a book on moral relativism, and I know what that is. I'm very clear on it. I have a master's degree in philosophy. This is not moral relativism. It's called graded absolutism. It's the idea that you have objective obligations in circumstances, and in every circumstance you have to ask yourself, what is the best way to keep my objective obligation? Now, my obligation is to try to save as many lives as possible. If I were in Hitler's Germany and I could do something cooperating with the government, as some did, by the way, that could save lives rather than doing nothing and lose lives, then I'm not making an alliance with the godless or an alliance with the devil or anything like that. I am acting in a way that's morally responsible that ends up with more living human beings than I had before. Hey, and when Greg, I do that, Germ- I'm not fighting. Let me finish the thought, and then I'll let you in, Bob. Yeah. When I do that, I'm not fighting God or I'm not dishonoring God. I'm actually protecting human life, which is one of the commandments. All right. In okay, Germ- we got to take a break. You want to ask him a follow-up question to that? Uh, what about this idea of corroded absolutism or moral relativism? What's your take on this? i got two heavyweights in the house today on Truth Talk Live, duking it out. 866-34-TRUTH is the number. Truth Talk Live. Truth Talk Live. I'm Stu Epperson. The debate is raging all over the country among conservatives. Do they start a third party? Do they stay with with the party if the party ends up nominating uh, someone who is pro-abortion like Rudy Giuliani with us to talk about that today and in in the form of a discussion a debate are two uh, gentlemen both talk show hosts both who've written and are well read Greg Kokel of Stand to Reason Bob Inyart of uh, kgov.com a talk show host in, in Denver Colorado and this show I believe is being played in Denver Colorado right now is that right Bob Inyart yes Stu we are on the air in Denver okay um Bob you wanted to Greg brought up a 
an issue and, and took offense to your, uh, you know, using that catchphrase situational ethics. Yeah, so I'd like to follow up. Of course, it is moral relativism and legal positivism to say that Christians should support mass murderers in the right conditions. Romans 3.8, Paul mentions doing evil that good may come of it. And he considered that slander, and Greg and many other Christians have turned that into an actual strategy. In the Gospels, there was a political party that advocated Herod. They were called the Herodians. Herod was personally sexually immoral, and he was a murderer. He would murder the innocent, and the Herodians believed that supporting the Herodian dynasty was the best way, pragmatically, to achieve God's kingdom on earth, they were religious leaders who supported murderous rulers. And the New Testament, Jesus Christ, condemns the Herodians. Okay, let's let Greg respond and tell us how that's that's not maybe a great comparison. Go ahead, Greg. Coker. Okay, there's a lot to go on here, but <clears throat> let me give you some bulleted responses, and I'd be glad to hear what Bob has to say. First of all, Rudy Giuliani is not a mass murderer. He is not in office now. He has never done mass murder. He is not guilty of mass murder, so it's not fair to call him a mass murderer. Secondly, legal positivism is a term also being misused here. Legal positivism is the view that law gets its force from simply positing it, um, and therefore all that is a relativistic view, but it isn't what we're talking about here, because I'm talking not about relativism, in which uh, the, the rightness or wrongness of an act is simply up to the individual, that's what relativism is, but rather moral objectivism, where we have an obligation um, not to, uh, to protect human life, and therefore we have to look at the circumstances to find out which, uh, which response from us as voters is going to save the most human lives. That's the circumstance here. There's no resemblance to what Herod did or the Herodians were doing. Rather, it, it's more like uh, Oscar Schindler, and many people have seen the movie, and they realize that though he was working for the Nazis, he was trying to act in such a way as to save as many lives as he could Absolutely. under the circumstances. And yes. so as a result, he should not be pilloried, nor anyone like him, for saving lives in a morally acceptable way. And, right. hey, uh, Greg. and not just going a party line that isn't going to really do anything in the long run. Okay, All right. Bob, Bob, would you call Oscar Schindler a mass murderer because he was still a part of the Nazi party, even though he was trying to affect positive uh, is, is saving of lives. Respond to Greg. Please. No, you could honorably be part of the underground. In fact, that's the honorable place to be. But who are you going to support? The one guy who wants to go and kill all the kids in a school or the one who says, I'm going to kill just 10? If you support either of those, you are guilty of the corporate bloodshed because you're supporting someone. Rudy Giuliani has been a governing official. He has advocated and supported the killing of children using the authority of the government to protect child killing. It is absurd to say that he is not a mass murderer. In fact, Hillary Clinton is more pro-life by the national right to life standard than Giuliani because she was opposing partial birth abortion while Rudy Giuliani was even supporting partial birth abortion. And you know what? The Herodians, they were the pragmatic politicians of their day. They thought, you know what? The Romans, they'd kill a lot more of us unless we had somebody like Herod. Okay, he kills John the Baptist. He has incest with his brother's wife. 
but come on, pragmatically, he is the best. Think of the bad that will happen to us if we don't have Herod. And that is the kind of compromise that comes when we think that we could set aside biblical principles and do what is politically pragmatic. Okay, Greg Schokel. Okay, well, the, the biblical principles are to, are to save lives and keep lives from being harmed. The biblical principle isn't that we cast a vote that is pro-life. No biblical requirement like that exists. Rather, the requirement is to do the most that we can to save lives. Um, when you ask me the question, um, if I were in a position to uh, vote for somebody who would kill 100 people or only 10, if those were my only two practical choices, I am morally bound to support the person that kills the fewer people. So who would you have voted for in Germany when it was the Stalinists, the Communists, and the Nazis? They were the two leading political parties in the 1930s in different regions in Germany. So it's one or the other. You're going to throw yeah, away your uh, vote for Alan Keyes? We, we don't have to go to uh, Why not? hypotheticals. Wait a minute, Bob. We don't have to go to hypotheticals from 50 years ago because That's, we had an actual situation we're not, facing right now. It's, it's not a hypothetical. Point. It was uh, real history. Bob, Bob, Bob let, let him finish. Let him finish. Yeah, it's not a hypothetical, Greg. No, no. But let Greg finish. Yeah, he could Greg, we go don't, ahead. We don't, have to de- we don't have to worry about hypotheticals, which is what I would have done in the past, and that's the hypothetical. When we have an actual circumstance we're faced with right now, and we're looking at the particulars of right now. Now, you're right. We should not do evil that good can come, but this is not my argument. My argument is that when we vote for someone who will have a greater impact for good on the life of the unborn, we are not actually doing evil. We are doing a good thing. So invoking that passage from Romans is an example of circular reasoning. You're presuming that the act is bad when that's the very thing that we're discussing. Stop the tape, stop the tape. Hey, this is Dominic Enyar. It's not circular because as Greg admitted earlier in the broadcast, let's listen to this. It is always the morally sound thing to do to choose the lesser of the two evils. Greg there admits it's the lesser of two evils. Greg admits that it's evil, and Bob is saying we should not choose the lesser of two evils, whereas Greg is saying we should choose the lesser of two evils. Greg essentially already conceded the debate by saying that. And I'm going to go back to the fact right now that Giuliani is not a mass murderer. He has not killed anybody or supported that, the killing of anybody. He's not been involved in such a thing. I, and it's an illicit use of the language right. to, you, to call him that in, under these circumstances, right. Bob. Scriptural principles tell us that if a man is murdered, and it's somewhere between two cities, and nobody knows who the murderer is, God will hold the entire city accountable because we are to love our neighbor and build a society in which we protect innocent blood. So you are going to say that as a governing official, a man who advocates the legal murder, slaughter of the innocent is not responsible before God? Greg, that is your moral relativism. No, no. You are a legal positivist. You are. Well, you don't know the meaning of the I know the meaning of the term. And secondly, that's not exactly what I'm saying. I mean, you're putting words in my mouth. What I've said, and I've said it very, very carefully, if, if we have a situation where we must choose between two people, and one is going to do much more damage for the life of the child than another, um, then we have a moral obligation to vote for the one who will do the less By damage. By which verse? But let me finish. By which scriptural principle? Hold on, hold on, Bob. Let Bob, me finish. Let me finish, because you're not going to find a verse that's going to apply directly to the circumstances. No, you here. do. You do. And I do. Bob, hey, Bob, we have to have an agreement. 
I'll let you talk if you let me talk. I'll finish my comment, and you can have all the time it's that you want to give Rick. you. It's a Is dialogue. Is that all right? Go ahead. Okay. Okay, I, um, now I kind of lost my page. Yeah, you were the talking about that, yeah. there, there, is a, there is no scriptural statement that's going to inform the circumstances. What we have to do is draw from our best understanding of the text. And there's another detail here. I'm not just saying Giuliani or Mrs. Clinton. I'm saying if we have, if we have a third-party candidate and we cast our vote for the third-party candidate, that's going to split our party in two, and it's going to be the same as voting right. for Mrs. Okay. Clinton. God doesn't Bob ask us Hold to on, make Bob. those calculations. Callers get to take a shot. When we come back, more coming up. Truth Talk Live. Truth Talk Live. Let's face it, folks. There aren't two elected candidates yet. The primary hasn't happened Christians need to be informed. We need to discuss this. So what do we have? We have two people on both sides of the issue, both born-again Christians, both love the Lord, but they, they disagree. And we're having a great discussion with Bob Inyart, Greg Kokel, right now on Truth Talk Live. And we're going to take your calls at toll-free 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. And you know what? You can also weigh in online. A lot of folks can't get through because we've got a lot of call volume. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. So you can go to our website and you can put a comment there. I'll try to even read some of those questions or comments at truthtalklive.com. I'm going to encourage Greg and Bob both to visit the site later and maybe respond or, or throw something up there. And we'll keep that. And we'll have them both on again, hopefully, too. But right now, let's go to Canada and talk to Carrie. When I saw something here about a third party, uh, Carrie, I wanted to uh, jump right on it. And it also relates to the kind of next segment of this debate. So, uh, Carrie, you're on Truth Talk Live with Stu. Go ahead. Hey, Stu. How are you doing? Hey, great. Good. I got a few quick points. So I'll give them to you and then let make you your best one, Carrie. I know you got a few, but make your best one. Go ahead. Okay. God is sovereign. Uh, no authority comes to power apart from His will, and Christians are called to walk in obedience to His word. I think if a Christian man is willing to stand up, the Christian should vote for him and not compromise. Uh, the lesser of two evils is uh, is starting to compromise, and that's the beginning to degrade everything. God is sovereign. Okay, okay. Thank you, caller. Hey, Stu, can I respond to Greg now? Okay, yeah, respond to Greg and try to weave in something with related to Kerry's comment, and we'll let Greg come back. Yeah, well, Kerry was right, and the New Testament rebukes the publicans, and today's Christians will sell their souls for the Republicans. And I want to demonstrate this with what Greg just said. He said, and maybe it was a slip of the tongue, that Giuliani has never supported the killing of the innocent. But also, by his standard, which is moral relativism, perhaps we should support Hillary because Hillary was less pro-abortion than Rudy Giuliani. And Rudy knows he has to be pro-life or make believe he is to get Christians gullible to support him. So this is moral relativism because maybe maybe really Hillary will kill less kids than Rudy. Okay, so got, God okay, says on. do not murder. Okay, i got to let Greg respond to that because I don't think he said any of that. But go ahead, Greg. Go yeah, ahead. I'm pretty much on board with you there. You know, that I, that isn't what I said. If it sounded like that, then it was a mistake. I just objected to the use of the uh, rhetorical ploy of using the term mass murderer to describe Rudy Giuliani when it doesn't, uh, strictly speaking, apply to him. Now, maybe one would say he would become a mass murderer. That's a different issue. But we're not talking about that particular thing right now. Secondly, I'm still going to press the issue. And if anybody, you know, we could talk more about this if we want to but uh, I know what moral relativism is. 
It's when the moral rule becomes determined or true according to the subject and not according to the object. The truth maker of moral statements is the simple feelings of any individual person. That means that there is no right or wrong in any circumstance. Since I wrote a whole book refuting such a thing, and I've debated on many college campuses on this particular thing, it seems odd for somebody to call me a moral relativist because I think of the objectivist principles I'm trying to apply really turn out to come up with a different answer uh, than what Bob offers. Now, I don't think Bob's a relativist because he disagrees with me, and it's, and that's I think not it's probably why, unfair to call me a relativist simply because I disagree Greg, with Greg, of him. course, that, offered, that's a straw man, Greg. I have offered... I've offered an objectivist argument that has to do with saving the most lives, and I've identified the fact that our moral, objective moral obligation is to save the most lives, and that if we vote for a second-party candidate, we will really be implicitly voting for the person who has, who's going to do the greatest damage for the life of the unborn. So the church, and, uh, and hey, Greg. Greg, the church that says, you know what, I've been listening, I agree with Greg, we're going to support Hillary because we believe Rudy is just flat out lying. And Hillary, even though she's been openly pro-choice, at least she was against partial birth abortion. So we believe that Hillary is actually less supportive of killing children than Rudy, so we're going to promote and support Hillary. Well, if that's the case, if, if it turns out that Hillary is more pro-life in, in actual impact as a, as a uh, president than, uh, than the Republican option, then I think we have an obligation to vote for her. If you're going to stipulate it that way, yeah. then I'll accept those but, but terms. But what about issues like defense? What about Look, issues, look what at that. Hey, what, Stu, about, what about marriage? Sue, uh, murder. Things like that. Sue, do not, Stu, do not murder trumps all those other issues because it's the number one responsibility of the government. And this is the moral relativist morass that Greg Kopel is offering that maybe a church, maybe all Christians should support Hillary okay. because she wants to kill one less child than the other okay. mass murderer. Right. Mm -hmm. Obeying God is no, way Bobby, easier than trying to predict the future. God doesn't call us to predict complex political futures. He calls us to obey him. Don't do evil that good may come of it. Do not kill the innocent. Is that And, and that's precisely the rule that I'm following here, Bob. Uh, we can't predict the future, you're right, but we have to take into consideration the issues at hand in order to make a proper moral decision. This is true in every single moral decision that we make. So, Greg, then uh, who will kill more? Greg, who will kill more, Rudy or Hillary? You tell me. Tell the audience. I don't think Rudy's going to kill anyone. In fact, if uh, it, the part of this discussion is dependent on the idea that if we um, if we elect a pro-life president, he's obliged to uh, to choose pro-life judges on the court. But you see, if we do this, then that's called conservative activism with the court. It's the very thing we objected to when Democrats did this and liberals did this in 1971. That's not what we objected Judicial to. activism on the, right. on the, on the, on the, on the uh, liberal side. So we Greg, shouldn't be doing any kind of activism with the courts. That is, uh, uh, that's an abuse of the courts. We should be choosing uh, judges that have a conservative view of the Constitution that, and are not legal positive. That's not true. Got, that's got, not okay, true. Gotta, hold on. No, Bob, jump ball. I've got to let Mike in here real quick. He's got a question for Bob Inyart. Let's go to him real quick. Mike, you're on Truth Talk Live. Thanks for hanging on. Go quick with your question. You're on Truth Talk Live with Stu. Okay, we've had for almost seven years now a Democrat, I mean a Republican president who was definitely anti-abortion. And yet, and, and for a while there we even had a Republican House and Senate and the abortion laws haven't changed. The bottom line is this. Why haven't they changed? It's because it's not Hillary that's going to kill anybody. Neither is going to be Giuliani. The whole issue rests with the courts. Right. And who these people are going to appoint. And it's not just the Supreme Court, but it's all the judicial appointments that are going to get passed down. 
Right. If a Democrat gets into office, the the uh, Roe v. Wade will be with us through my lifetime and probably a good part of my children's lifetime. The next three justices that are appointed can make an enormous difference. Right. Giuliani has said he will appoint conservative justices. And that's what we're looking for. He's a liar. If he's a murderer, he's a liar. Don't believe oh, unbelievers. Don't believe unbelievers. It's so sad to okay. hear you arguing this way. It's hey, just so hey, Greg, sad. you just said, I don't think Rudy will kill anyone. This is where moral relativism brings us. We don't know if Hillary will kill less than Rudy. We do know that his entire political career, he has been an advocate of using the authority of government for the unfettered killing of innocent children. It's like offering kids to Molech, and you're even willing to go there to support someone that will send kids through the fire to Molech because you have become a moral relativist. Well, I'll let the listeners decide whether what you're saying is really what I've been saying. That Most people, I think, that know my background and know my arguments and read yeah. my books know that this is nothing of the, of the sort. But if Giuliani is always a liar, like you just said, because I didn't he's say he's always a liar. I didn't say he's always a liar. When he says, how can you trust him when he says he's pro-choice, for goodness sake? He, I mean, we pro-lifers, have to take this man pro- on his word. And pro- his word is... As the gentleman said, his word has to do with uh, how he's going to appoint judges, and he said he'd appoint the kind of judges that that uh, George Bush has already appointed, and all the actions in the judicial right now. It's not in the legislature, and it's not in the executive branch. Okay, J- Jason, Kernersville, North Carolina, you're on Truth Talk Live with Stu. Jump on in here with your question, sir. Go ahead. Sure, sure. i got a quick question for you. Um, for, for me, the problem I see is if we're putting you know, the lesser of two evils, that's just about always going to come down to conservative Christians voting for Republicans. And if that's the case, what incentive do they have to start swaying more to our viewpoint if we vote for whoever they put up? Because mm-hmm. that's basically what it's turning out here, Greg, is we vote yeah. for whoever they You know, I, Jason, I think that's a, a, a much more substantial line of argument than it has been they offered so murder. far. Then do and not murder. Is, uh, and, Gosh, Bob, is it possible for you to let me finish yeah, sentence without no, interrupting? No, sure. Hold on, hold on. I'm just going to appeal to Stu on this one because, Stu, you're in charge. Yeah, no, go, Greg, I'm awaiting your response. Okay. Um, cool, cool it for a second. Um, I let think respond. This is a line, this is, a, I, I think, a more productive line of argument in the long run if we think the Republican Party is going to be the party that's going to make the longest, the best changes for the life of the child. Then, And I think Jim Dobson has argued this way. Then what we ought to do is just abandon the party for a while so that there's a shakeup and they'll get back online. The question we have to ask ourselves has to do with cost-benefit. What will the cost be in the long run to that? And if Hillary Clinton gets elected, which is most likely under that scenario, then we are looking at two to three more people that are going to be on the on the court that she'll assign. And by, by golly, you know she's going to ju- do judicial activism. She believes in that. And that's something that will not be undone for 40 more years, given the life of judges. Hey, Greg, how about Scalia and Thomas, right? Antonin Scalia, Clarence Thomas. Are they pro-life? Do they believe in the God-given right to life? As far as I know. Okay, well... You're wrong. Antonin Scalia in the Pew Forum said this. He said, if there was a nationwide law that abolished abortion, he said, I would oppose it. Because, Tell me why that's relevant to our discussion. Because you, you believe the Republican lie that these pro-choice judges are pro-life because you have been compromising on do not Hold murder. On. It clouds Hold your on. understanding. Greg, respond next in a Huckabee comment from a caller when we come back. Hang on. Welcome back to Truth Talk Live. Uh, Bob Inyard in our last segment made a pretty uh, stunning, uh, kind of hard, stinging 
attack or, or statement about Greg Kogel's view of the judges, and uh, you read something from one of the judges, uh, Supreme Court judges, who claims to be pro-life that he really wasn't. Greg Kogel, you want to respond to that, I know. Go ahead and do so, and then we'll yeah, call I, about Mike Huckabee. Right. Uh, I think Bob misunderstood the point that I was making. The point I was making was the same as the callers, that this this uh, this whole issue of of, uh, of abortion is not going to be uh, set, settled in the legislature or the executive branch, which is what we're talking about, but rather the Supreme Court, which the executive branch uh, nominates. As it turns out, Scalia and Thomas have great records as conservative jurists, and that's the kind of people we need. They believe in a private on the private side is irrelevant to how they uh, how they actually have judged in the past, and we have to pick conservative judges with a conservative judicial view, not those that are simply pro-life. That's Craig. Clarence Thomas wrote in the Casey decision 15 years ago that that states have the right to legalize abortion. That is not a pro-life position. That's not someone who says that a child has a God-given right to life. That's someone who is pro-choice, who says the government can regulate the killing of children. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. Hey, this is Dominic Enyart. I just wanted to make a quick point now that Roe v. Wade is overturned. It gives us some insight into this discussion. And it's interesting. Bob there was talking about Clarence Thomas saying that he thought abortion should be decided by the states. And even in his most recent decision to overturn Roe, he stated explicitly that this is a decision for the states. The states should decide. And as we have covered on this show, abortion is not a state's rights decision. Abortion is murder 100% of the time. And the states do not have the right to vote on the God-given command, thou shall not murder. Also, while Trump's three justices that he appointed to the court, they all voted to overturn Roe. Trump, who appointed Amy Comey Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, what he said, rather than telling that woman, hey, you should not get an abortion, that's murder, that's evil. Rather than doing that, he gave advice to those women for how to get an abortion. He said those women will need to go to other states to get an abortion. In fact, actually, let's play that clip from Donald Trump right now. Having to do with abortion, what it, if, if it ever were overturned, it would go back to the states. So yeah, it would go back to the some states. Some women the states. won't be able to get an abortion. No, it'll go back to the states. By state? No, some. Yeah. Well, they'll perhaps have to, go to want- another, they'll have to go to another state. And that is just such a pathetic answer from Donald Trump there. That is not a pro-life absolutism answer. I was asked that same question on Fox News. I actually, I was interviewed. It was maybe about a five-minute interview or so. And they cut out, I got two sentences that made it on air out of a five-minute interview. I actually, we recorded the interview. I had a recording going as they interviewed me. And so it's funny, I compared them side by side, the interview that we had compared to the two sentences which I got on air and so it was uh, it was funny that they chopped it up like that of course they would but I was asked that exact question and we'll have to put this out here soon but I was asked that exact question 
and this was right after the Roe v. Wade leak happened, I was asked, what about women who they want an abortion, but they live in a state where it's illegal? And rather than saying what Trump said there, and rather than saying, oh, they should go down the street to California to have an abortion, I said they should love their children and they should protect their children and they should repent and they should not get an abortion. Mind-blowing stuff. I know you shouldn't kill your kids. Pretty simple answer that Trump wasn't able to give. But I'm getting off topic. All right. Now, and we see this with many Republican quasi-Christian politicians, is rather that than being pro-life absolutists and doing what God wants us to do regardless of the situation, they so often are more concerned with what can I get away with as a politician and how do I do well in the court of public opinion. And so with Roe being overturned, of course, I'm grateful for the opportunities that generates for pro-lifers, yet it still should be noted that is still not an argument in favor of choosing the lesser of two evils, because the lesser of two evils is still evil. And this is one thing that's been on my mind. The greatest good we can do as Christians, it's not, it's not what Kokel said there in the beginning of the show, it's not to save as many lives as possible. That is not the ultimate good Christians can do. Of course, it is good to save lives when and where you can, but that is not the ultimate good. Rather, the ultimate good is being faithful to Christ and trusting Christ. And as Bob points out, you don't have to make these impossible calculations. Rather, you can place your faith in Christ, obey him, serve him, honor him. As Bob always said, do right and risk the consequences. But obeying Christ and imitating him is the greatest good, so to speak, that we can do as Christians. And when we only focus on that, we avoid making a lot of the mistakes that Coco makes here. All right, let's continue. And Antonin Scalia explicitly said that if there was a law outlawing abortion, he would strike it down because those people are wrong. And we could tell you the same quotes from from Alito and Roberts. Alito okay. upholds well, well, okay, partial you, birth abortion as a federal judge. Okay, yeah, I don't see what that has to do with the discussion at hand as to what's okay. the best way to vote and I'll, how this well, problem I'll tell you why, because show. your reasoning is clouded. You think these are pro-life judges. They yeah, reject... I have never made that case, Bob. I haven't... Well, then why vote the for... Conversation. Then you why not vote the, for Hillary? Maybe you asked me the question. The reason is, is she will definitely have activist jurists that will take the direction, uh, the opposite direction, while Scalia and Thomas, in their voting record, has actually actually been you are wrong. Pro-life. You are wrong. When they rule in a pro-choice way, you think they're pro-life because Republicans nominated them. That is where moral relativism not, gets oh, you. Okay, Maybe we okay. should. Hey, okay. Greg, how about Hillary? Maybe she'll kill fewer kids. Than okay, Rudy. let's go to Pennsylvania and talk to Drew. Drew, you're on Truth Talk Live. I want to talk about Huckabee? Go quick, Drew. You're on the air. No problem. Hi, guys. I feel like my IQ is wild about vegetable compared to you guys. Um, this is an interesting conversation, but quite frankly, this is the thing that would tend to get the Christian community uh, stuck in the tar, make it one big tar baby. If it's going to be a one-issue election, then we should just mobilize the forces and get behind Huckabee. I mean, after all, at this time, uh, a certain peanut farmer was an unknown as well. If okay, Huckabee the Farmer was the worst president in the United States yeah. history. Right. Well, why not get, okay, why not get behind someone who's clearly pro-life, 
who's, yes. who's principled and, and quite frankly, has, has uh, governed before. AllenKeys.com. AllenKeys.com. Okay. <laughs> Bob, Bob, come what? on. What's Duke? What a... He's a principled this Republican a... candidate. Okay. This isn't a, yes. a campaign ad. Uh, Greg Kokel, why not that argument? Why does it have well, to be Giuliani Clinton? Well, the question that we want to ask ourselves is do we want to make a statement, a, a religious statement, or do we want to make an impact for good? And if we're making a religious statement, we, we can write in our pastor, for goodness sake. He's okay. got perfect theology from our perspective. If we want to make an yeah. impact for good, we have to make a wise choice as to who will save the most lives. Okay, closing arguments. I know they're going to be interesting. Each man's going to get their fair share. Hang on, more coming up right here. we got five minutes before the hour on the fastest hour in radio all hour long. We've been debating what a lot of conservative Christians are debating, and that is, will we, if it comes down to it, if push comes to shove, will we vote for a pro-abortion candidate if it's the better or the, the lesser of two evils? That uh, very question is posted at our website right now, truthtalklive.com. Bob Inyard is a talk show host out of Denver, Colorado. He's been with us all hour long, as long as Greg Kokel, who's been with us. He's got a website, Stand to Reason, a ministry called Stand to Reason. He's also a, a Christian college prof and an apologist as well, and they both have been on. I want to give you both a real quick uh, closing arguments. It's something we do here on Truth Talk Live every day. Before I do, I want to, I want to uh, speak for two callers who called earlier, one from Florida, and one from Pennsylvania, off the air, they told me, the first said, let's pray. Let's pray for wisdom and let's pray you know, for the Lord's leading of the right person for this critical office. I thought that was a good word, prayer. I think everyone would agree with that. The second uh, uh, young lady from Florida called, and it called us Sadducees and Pharisees. She said a lot of the argument and a lot of the, the rhetoric can, can become man's wisdom and man's thoughts, and she says we need to have the Lord's thoughts. We need to have see this through the eyes of Christ. And, and I would appeal uh, to our listeners, and I know that's your heart, Greg Kokel and Bob Inyard. That's your heart, too, isn't it? I think Bob and I have both been trying to do that. Okay, very good. Uh, uh, Greg, give us a final closing argument, and then we'll let Bob give give one real sure. quick, and I, then we'll let you two spar a little bit, and then we got to go. I think if, if people want to make their vote count for millions of unborn children, they have to face three very important facts. Uh, first, in the next four years, we're either going to be governed by a Republican or a Democrat. Secondly, the power to destroy human life in the womb lies not with the legislature, or with the president, but with the courts. And third, uh, one of these two people, uh, you know, the Republican or Democrat, are, are going to have an opportunity to appoint two to three new justices to the Supreme Court. Since those are our real options, and any vote for a third party will split the ticket like it has done the last three elections so that the opposing party wins, that's how we got Clinton the first two times, by the way, uh, then we have to ask ourselves the question whether we want to make an impact, and that is to vote for the person that will give us the kind of judges that have the best chance of protecting the unborn, or we want to make a statement and vote for a third-party candidate, which will essentially be a vote for Mrs. Clinton. Okay, Bob Inyard, your response, you got the uh, final closing argument, go fast. All right, defeating Hillary has become the idol that Christians will disobey God to defeat her. Earlier, Greg said we need to go for judges who are conservatives. Actually, no. Exodus 18, we need judges who fear God. Therefore, judges who will protect the innocent throughout the whole Old Testament. God's people wouldn't trust and obey him. They made alliances with the wicked, adulterers, and murderers, and God left them to their own destruction. Okay, Bob Inyart, Greg Kokel, thanks for being on, guys. Thank you, Stu. Thank you, Stu. Let's try to do this again as we get closer and... uh, 
and let's all agree to pray. Let's, we're commanded to pray for our elected officials, and it doesn't say whether they're spiritual or not. We're commanded to pray for them to lift up holy hands. Pray, folks. Seek out God's word on this, and make your comments if you'd like at our website, truthtalklive.com. Hey, this is Dominic Enyar. I hope you enjoyed that program, that debate between Bob Enyar and Greg Kokel, where Greg was denying being a moral relativist. And then more recently in 2020, Greg again put on display his moral relativism by saying that some homosexual couples are fabulous and that he would, in some cases, prefer homosexual couples to raise children rather than normal heterosexual couples, which is just tragic. And we have another show on that from the BEL archives, which we will play next week. I hope you guys can join us for that. On Mondays, we go back to our Bob and Yart Live archives and play one of the broadcast classics. They're always a ton of fun, so hope you guys can join us for that. If you guys enjoy the show, please go to kgov.com, click on the store, make a donation, purchase a product, or the very best thing you can do to help, very, very best thing you can do is sign up for a monthly donation or a monthly subscription. I highly recommend the Bob and Yart monthly Bible studies. And by the way, we have a lot of Bob and Yart Bible studies, which even at the time of Bob's death, had not been completed and packaged. And so even after his passing, we are still releasing new Bob Enyart materials. And so it's really exciting. We have a new Bob Enyart Bible study coming out, Authority, a Bob Enyart Bible study. And if you are a monthly subscriber, you get access to a lot of those Bible studies. And some studies you can only get if you are a subscriber. Some studies are exclusive to the subscribers. So highly recommend you sign up for one of those if you want to help us stay on air. All right, join me here tomorrow for the Dominic Enyart Show. And as my father and predecessor Bob Enyart would always say, remember to do right and risk the consequences.